We are working our way through an amazing series talking about the four cornerstones of strategic living. Um, my good friend Brian Holmes is with us. This is a book that you've written. So I'm going to kick it over to you. Today we're talking about personal discovery. Episode one, we talked about basically an overview. What does it mean to live strategic? Uh, what does it mean to be a victor, a winner, a conqueror, mm -hmm. more than a conqueror in Christ? Stop living your life uh, less than. Um, episode two, we talked about personal healing and today, personal discovery. Yep. On so we're just going to dive right in. So personal healing is the first cornerstone for a reason because we want to deal with anything that's unreconciled, unresolved, anything that will limit us from pursuing the things that God has designed for us. The second cornerstone we're going to talk about today, and that is personal discovery. So Brian, what do you mean discovery? Well, uh, I believe you have to mine for good things. You've got to work at understanding. And in fact, uh, Proverbs says, you know, in all thy getting, get understanding. Get understanding. Mm -hmm. And so knowledge is great. Understanding is even better. Wisdom is the, the premier thing of all of it, right? So as we're pursuing, uh, one of the things we need to understand is who am I? Why am I here? What is, and this term purpose gets used a lot and rightfully so. But what is my purpose, my God-given, my God-designed purpose in the earth? What is my significance? What is my impact supposed to be? Who, what people group am I supposed to influence? And then behind the purpose thing, how am I wired? How did God uniquely wire me? Personality, skill sets, uh, passions, vision, all the things that kind of make up this matrix of who we are. Mm -hmm. How did God sort of put me together in this matrix with that purpose in mind? Okay, so think about this. If God decided ahead of time, this is my plan for Brian's life. This is the purpose that he's going to fulfill. This is the lane he's going to run in. This is the stuff he's going to accomplish. These are the people he's going to help and influence. If God had that entire picture uh, this is the vision he has for my life. Now he has to rewind a bit and say, okay, now I'm going to create this, this human being and I'm going to put in him the qualities, the DNA, the things that he needs to be effective in doing what I've sent him to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I look at, uh, we often refer to Jeremiah chapter 1, you know. I love what uh, God sort of gets a hold of Jerry and says, look, before, I even, before you were even conceived, mm -hmm. I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I, I set you apart. But then he goes on to say, he says, I, here's your assignment. I have appointed you to be, about the, about the, the being part, to be a prophet to the nations. Good. And then he comes behind that and he says, I put my words in your mouth. I put my confidence in your heart. And he went down. He listed the things that he had actually put in him as the components necessary to fulfill the being. Really okay. Good. So whatever you have been called or created or designed to do, I want to make a, a point to you right now. Everything you need to be that is already in you. Now, whether or not you have mined that, discovered that, nurtured that, developed that, I can't say. That's for you to, to determine and to really go after. However, I will tell you, there's nothing lacking. There's nothing missing. God didn't say, go do this and, and then leave you out in the woods hoping you'd figure it out. No. Everything you need is in you. It's with you. It's available to you. 
It's about discovering it, mining it, and then developing it. So let's kind of jump into this. Uh, Lisa, it's my experience, and you use this term in the introduction, most people truly live their lives less than, in that category of less than. They never fully discover who they are. They never really tap into their full mm -hmm. potential. They never really get a hold of this level of confidence and awareness of, man, this is who I am. This is why I'm here. And by God, I have the capacity, the energy, the anointing, the grace to do great things with my life. Uh, we talked in the, the first session about how people settle into average and ordinary. They settle into the status quo and they just kind of put it on autopilot and do the thing. But there's something about this personal discovery process, for me at least, that lends itself to, I'm going to make as a part of my daily, weekly, monthly, lifelong discipline, this search for more awareness, the search for greater understanding, the search mm -hmm. for uh, a more clearly defined awareness of who I am, what I have to offer, uh, what my unique abilities are. So let's talk a little bit about that. What is discovery to you? What do you think discovery is? What What is that term conjure up in your mind? Uh, so for me, I connect to the word self-discovery to self-awareness. So okay, yep. in any particular moment, I'm aware of what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, why I'm thinking it, why I'm feeling it. And so I'm really taking that time. For, for me, discovery is about taking the time to really kind of step in, I call it your superposition, stepping uh -huh, into uh -huh. your superposition where I'm choosing to engage with my prefrontal lobe with all of my thoughts, all of my emotions, and really take some time to evaluate. Search me, seek me. Yeah. See if there be any offensive way. Just help me discover myself. Yeah, that's so. good. That's good. So I, I like to look at this as um, inventorying oneself. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, personal discovery is, a, is an exercise of awareness, as you said. So there are certain categories of things that I can understand about myself. Okay, so... There, there are countless, probably well, probably not countless, but there's eight or ten different major personality profiles uh, out there that we, we work with. Uh, there's DISC, there's Myers-Briggs, there's the Enneagram, there, I mean, what, what names some others? There's a, strength Finders. Strength Finders. There's various types of profiles and, and little uh, surveys you can do that's very scientifically and, quite frankly, very accurately, help you to understand how you're wired. Uh, I use the DISC personality style quite a bit. And uh, it's, it's really remarkable to me when I compare that to people's spiritual gifts. And I look at how their spiritual gifts perfectly overlap with and lay right on top of their unique personality style. It's kind of funny how God wires you with a certain personality to be a certain thing. He's not, gonna, he's not necessarily going to give a... Uh, a super high C, super detail oriented, you know, obsessive compulsive OCD kind of a person, uh, necessarily a strong prophetic gifting. I mean, or, you know, usually because those people are so worried about getting it perfectly right, they won't jump out there and do the thing, you know. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm bold, I'm in the face, I'm like, God gives me a word, but it, you better work, better know it's coming, okay? It's just coming. The, yeah. The, the point is, <laughs> do you, you know anybody else like that? <laughs> <laughs> we might be a lot alike like I know. that. <laughs> right. So, but personality style is one thing. Uh, understanding what your, your particular skill sets are. Now, I'll give you an example. When I was a young, young child, uh, I literally adored music. Like, when I was not even old enough to stand up on my own, I would pull myself up to the stereo, which, by the way, back then was a huge wooden cabinet with a record player in it and a radio thing. 
uh, and I would pull myself up and I would dance and I would move. And by the time I was three years old, I was playing an instrument. By the time I was seven years old, I'd mastered a couple of instruments. Because I naturally, so well, he has a natural gift. Well, who do you think put that there? Before I was conceived in my mother's womb, he knew me and he had a plan for my life. So there was, there was a music component he put in me. Same thing, by the time I was five or six years old, I was in front of people pretending I was preaching <laughs> or teaching or saying something. And I, I always wanted an audience. I needed people to listen to me because I wanted to influence their, their thinking or their environment somehow. So many times as children, these indicators are present, but they get muted through life circumstance, through parents maybe that don't fully understand those, those uh, musings. Uh, maybe through people who say things, you know, they're critical. Hey, sit down and shut up. You're getting in the way. You know, or, or they dismiss you. And what happens is the things that are natural in you, that God put in you, that are to be nurtured and to be developed, get sort of squelched or the volume gets turned way down. And so when I use the term we have to go mine for those things, sometimes there are gifts and callings and uh, passions and things that are deep down in there that God put there from the very beginning, but because of life circumstances, we have actually sort of just dismissed them and put them away. We've settled in to the mundane, right? In this process of discovery, one of the important things is to stir up the gifts that are in you. Uh, interesting word picture there that Paul used, right? Uh, I know that, uh, you know, if I'm drinking a, a really nice cup of coffee that I've done in a French press, uh, I got to make sure that the good stuff doesn't settle to the bottom because it does happen, right? I've got to stir it up. I got to make sure it's, 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 wor it's all working together for mm -hmm, my good. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of discovery is I, I need to understand myself. I need to know my strengths, my abilities, my weaknesses. It's very important you know what your weaknesses are, not just your sin weaknesses. I, listen, I can I tell you something? Yeah. I'm going to confess something to you. All right, if anything in this room breaks down, I'm not your guy. Okay, because I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I ain't Unless gonna, I break down, then you're my guy. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm not going to tinker with anything electronic, electric, I mean, mechanical. I, I just, you know, if there's a project around the house, my wife's not calling on me to do it. She's going to hire it done, okay? Why? I, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that, nor am I proud of that. It just is what it what is. It is. Mm -hmm. And I, I know my limitations, and I compensate for those not by pretending to be okay in those areas. I just compensate by getting somebody else that is gifted in those areas to do those things, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I know what my capacities are. I know what my incapacities are. And therefore, I'm, I'm always focused in my lane. So know your strengths, know your weaknesses, know your gifts, know your talents, your skills, your abilities, your passions, your propensities towards certain things. You need to really own those, inventory those, understand those. That's a part of this discovery process. In addition to things like strength finders, disc personality, Enneagram is a powerful tool, which you can speak to much better than me. I love the Enneagram. So tell me about it. I love the Enneagram. So the Enneagram, you can... Uh, find it's just the one that I use got the nine different personalities uh, I mean I could name them all but uh, the thing I like all of them are good but the thing I like about the Enneagram is it I feel like it's a little bit simpler mm -hmm. um, I, I like where you can um, it shows you like what tendency you have in your strength what tendency you so for example I'm a seven um, and when I'm functioning at high capacity, I look a little bit like a five, which is the investigator where I'm mm -hmm. very intentional, very 
but under stress, I look like a one, which is very black and white, and I start calling the shots, and I become very managerial mm -hmm. because I'm stressed, right? Um, so it's good for me to know, like, when I notice, like, all, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm just going to need to get in there and tell them that you did this, 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 this. Now I know I'm, I am stressed. Um, but the fun part about it is Brad has a five. Um, and so when I'm functioning under my healthiest, I take on the characteristics of five. And a five functioning to their healthiest takes on the characteristics of a seven. So that's been kind okay. of fun how we can tell where we really mesh when we're, we're both functioning on our healthiest degree. So that's just personal. But I, I like the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, and I like all the others as well. All just, these the tools Enneagram are useful. Is, yes. And the thing that I say about personalities, and I'm, I'm sure you, is your your personality traits, knowing yourself, mm -hmm. um, can help explain things for you, but we should never allow them to excuse things. Correct. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is, too, is that no matter what you do in your life with your God-given purpose, it's always going to involve other people. Uh, either you're going to be working alongside of someone, working for someone, someone's working for you, or you're serving someone in a capacity and here's the thing, if I know myself, I'm a much better communicator. Absolutely. If I know myself, my limitations, mm -hmm. the things that, that may rub other people the wrong way, and I know I'm this and this person's this, I, I can shape things so that they can receive what I have mm -hmm. to offer them. So it's, it's, a, it's a process of really knowing yourself to become more effective, more competent in whatever it is you're executing in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, let me give you five, I guess these are components that you could consider in a discovery process. Before I do that, however, uh, I think I want to uh, to throw this out as a suggestion. Okay. I'm, I'm curious to know if you've ever done this. Uh, a few years ago, it's been about three years ago now, I did an exercise that was quite remarkable. I sent out uh, one question to about 50 people in my circle. Now granted, not all 50 of those people are deep core friendships, but they're people that I have deep relationship with, respect with, they respect me, I respect them, we have engagement on some level, be it business, church, whatever. And I sent uh, I sent one question out to all of them and said, listen, I'm doing this thing and I really value your input and I'm asking you to be really honest, okay? Don't worry about my feelings. In fact, you'll hurt my feelings and offend me if you don't give me an honest, some honest input here. And the question was simply this, what do you see as my greatest and most unique abilities? And then part B of the question was, what do you see as my greatest liabilities? I didn't use the word weaknesses. It's good. I'm curious so, to know how many people so I guess actually it was, responded. It was, so out of 50 <laughs> people, I had 27 people respond. And the people that, I, I, that were managing or coaching me through this process were shocked because they said normally only five or six people respond. Yeah. I had 27 people respond, and I'm telling you, it was overwhelming. I wound up with, uh, I'll have to show you the document sometime, I wound yeah. up with this document of phrases and keywords, <clears throat> and what was interesting was is that of those 27 people, the same keywords and phrases kept coming up over and over. So good. And so I was getting a 360-degree view of how other people see me. And the, the, the strengths, the weaknesses, the grace, the gifts, the things that, that other people have experienced as a result of my engagement with them from different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And it was a remarkable, so that's, that's one other thing that I would add to this list mm -hmm. is just ask people, how do you see me? Mm -hmm. And you'll be surprised, I think, at the, the wonderful feedback you'll get. 
Here, here's a few. You know what's interesting is, yeah. you know, when our kids are growing up in high school or whatever, my kids talk about how like, they have these little groups where they have to ask each other questions and they have to write like positive stuff in that. Oh, part. yeah. What, you, what is one thing you see about me or what is what, you know, that's like normal when kids are, but as an adult, we stop doing that. We stop. You know, and so yeah. I know for me, when we have a quarterly staff meeting, we do a lot of exercises like that where we just kind of like, for lack of a better term, kind of do icebreakers where it's like, all right, are we ready to, to pass around an index card and you're going to write one one lovely thing that you see about everybody else or one thing that you've been proud of yeah. that you've seen in their department for the we last We call quarter. it the greatest gift I see in you is when, yeah. we, when we say what that gift is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, you know, when as they're giving their report saying, I am most proud of this, but here's where I've struggled the most and I could use your help by. Oh, I love that. And so, because we, we, we kind of take on the concept of Nehemiah's wall, where we all have our own parts to build. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if one one part of the wall, if one portion of the wall isn't built, the whole city's in danger. Yep. Right? So, that's right. it's not like, well, that's their department, I'm not going to get in. And it's like, well, if one department's falling behind or one department's really, department's really struggling, we're going to circle that department. Yeah, and we're yeah, going to yeah. come alongside them because... We are, as a whole, a ministry, and the entire wall is yeah. important to the integrity of the ministry. Yep, no doubt. Uh, here's the thing about it. You know, no man is an island to himself. So if I understand my strengths, my weaknesses, the grace that on my life, my, if you want to use this term, the anointing that God has, has rendered to you for certain assign, parts of your assignment, uh, you know, your skills, your abilities. Your, if I have a great understanding of myself, a part of that has to be I need to know what my liabilities and my vulnerabilities are. And I have to be honest with myself and with others, mm-hmm. which is what I think Lisa's speaking to here is that mm-hmm. my vulnerabilities in a corporate context become everyone's vulnerability. <laughs> I mean, if there's a hole in the wall where I'm standing, then then there's a there's a vulnerable place yep. in our environment yep. that we all have to be accountable to and for. So this is important to understand who you are. And here's the thing, the greatest way to overcome any liabilities you may currently have. And by the way, we all have liabilities. You will always have certain areas that you're not strong in. It's okay. But you have to be able to share that with people so that people can fill in those gaps, right? No one expects you to be perfect or to do everything and be everything to everybody. Can I just tell you that? You you will exhaust yourself and live a very short, unfulfilled life if you're trying to do everything and be everything to everybody. Mm -hmm. But if you can know yourself, really know yourself, and really find that that zone of genius and that unique ability where you can not just shine, but have the greatest impact and make the most significant contribution, then it is in that place, and even in a collective of, uh, with other people, where you can make a massive contribution by being and doing what it is you can be and do. Uh, but you really can't be all of that unless you really know who you are. And I'm telling you, knowing who you are, a big part of that is knowing your liabilities. Uh, That's just so important. So five key parts to to the discovery process, just to go back to what Lisa said in the beginning about being practical. Uh, I want to give you some practical steps. Number one, I would encourage you to to do with someone, a coach, uh, a counselor, someone who can administer for you uh, uh, an Enneagram or a personality profile of some kind or a strength finders. These are all resources you can find online even. But... Do that and then then get with someone who understands the results of that report that you get from that particular profile and have them work with you on really gaining understanding. Don't just get the piece of paper and file it in the file somewhere. Okay, I did this cool profile and it said I'm a a five. What the crud does that mean? 
Get with someone who can really mine that. I go back to that word again. Mine it, work it, massage it, mm-hmm. investigate it, discover it, mm-hmm. understand it, all right? Uh, that's a very important thing. So understand your wiring, your personality, how you're uniquely wired. Number two, I really encourage you to make an inventory of the things you're really good at. What are my strengths? Uh, what are my uh, my talents, my skills, my abilities? What am I really good at? What What is it that when I'm doing that, man, I'm in my zone of genius, I'm making a difference, I'm making a great comp- contribution, and I am knocking it out of the park every time. Those are the things you need to understand. And they may, they may rank at different places on the list, right? But the point is, make a, a literal inventory, a written inventory of your strengths, your abilities, your talents, your skills, the things that really are areas where you can make a difference, all right? Then come behind that and make a list of those things that you know are your vulnerabilities or your liabilities, areas that you need to work on, that you need to, uh, to really focus on, okay? Mm-hmm. And then share both of those with somebody you trust and let them work with you through that, that discussion, okay? Mm-hmm. Number three, I feel like it's important to know your core values. And we use this term... Uh, there's something about core values that behind the scenes, it's almost like uh, the operating system on a computer. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what's going on in there, but it's driving everything. Yeah, well, I call it your intrinsic motivation. Yes. It's the, like you will make a split-second decision or even a major decision you've thought about for months and you may have dealt with a lot of the surfacey components of coming to that decision, but what really drove that decision was deep down a guiding value, something that is governing the way you live your life, governing the relationships in your life, governing the choices you make. And I think it's important that you identify what those core values are. I know people, I bet you know people, that have emphatically insisted that these are my core values. But then you look at the fruit of their life, and, and the evidence that we look at here doesn't look anything like what they're saying their core values right. are. Mm-hmm. So this is a person who is in conflict. They want to live these values, and maybe these are their core values, but something else is driving the outcomes of their life. So either they're not being true to their core values, or these are really not their values. Like for example, Their ideals. For example, you know, I've said that I really, really, really love community and relationship with groups of people. Yet you look at my life over the last 10 years and, and ain't been much of that. So in this season, for whatever reason, apparently that's not a value because it's not, it's not driving me to pursue that. Mm-hmm. So I, what I'm saying is be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be dishonest and deceitful with your own self. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, self, you lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so think through that and understand what your core values are, what really is driving you. These are usually non-negotiable type things. Okay, four, clarify and cultivate a vision for your life. Lisa, if we don't have a vision, we will perish. We will perish. The, the, the picture I get when I look at the word perish is simple. Uh, if I take a beautiful red apple right here or a beautiful yellow banana and I place those pieces of fruit here and they're right today, they're... I'm sorry, I just got hit with the spirit. Go ahead, keep going. I just got a word, go ahead. Today, if I, those would be beautiful to eat, sweet to the taste, nourishment to my body, and healthy for me to take in. But if I leave them sitting there, 
disconnected from their life source, which is the tree they came from. I leave, they're now perishable. And, and what happens when something perishes, it decays. It, it, it's dying on the inside from the inside out over time. Decay is a very powerful thing. So think about this in the terms of vision now. Without vision, people are dying from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Do you get that? Mm-hmm. It's a powerful picture. And if you don't have some vision for your life, this is who I am, this is where I'm going, this is what my life's going to look like five years from now. Mm-hmm. Ten, my, for my family, this is what I see for my life. If you don't have vision, you're dead man walking. Mm-hmm. And my heart hurts for you. Yeah. Vision, you need to clarify and cultivate a really powerful vision for who you are and where you see yourself in a few years. Anything you want to add to that? Uh, well, I, what, what I was thinking about when you said, what do you think of when you think of perishing? I, I got a picture of Lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt. Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, it's because she couldn't look forward. She could not. But rather she was stuck on her past. Yep, yep. And it literally caused a perishing in her life. It did. It did. Amazing. Vision's powerful. Number five, strategic planning and execution. So when I have a picture of what my life should look like five years from now, the targets in my life, the the big picture, now I can come back to the starting line, which is today, and I can begin to work through a strategic plan. What do I need to do the next 30 days to work toward that vision, the next 90 days, the next two months, three months, six months, one year. What are the steps I need? It's literally fabricating and manufacturing a walk it out plan to see that reality, that vision come to pass in the allotted time frame. Mm -hmm. Strategic planning and and execution of that plan is critical, all right? I'm not talking about a to-do list. I'm talking about a strategic plan. This is what God's given us. This is what I see. Mm -hmm. This is how we're going to get there. Now let's be about the Father's business mm-hmm. and get it done. Mm-hmm. So this whole know thyself thing is really a big deal. Mm-hmm. You need to know who you are, why you're here, and then be able to, to put together in your heart and mind a an integrous, aligned plan that there's no wavering from it. You're not saying one thing and being another. Mm-hmm. There's an alignment. There's integrity here. And then you can walk out this process mm-hmm. of really developing yourself and deploying into what God has for you. Some tips, hire a coach. What a novel concept. Uh, All great athletes have coaches, right? Yeah. We'll talk about that in the next session a little bit more. Hire a coach. Do these profiles. Get some information from someone that can help you to understand more about who you are. Uh, Listen, I I did a personal vision retreat. Again, I do these about once every two years where I go away and I, Mm -hmm. I check, I calibrate everything to what God's saying in my life mm-hmm. today. And I, I went away for five days beginning of this year, and man, God just opened stuff up to me. It, it wasn't a departure from the vision I got three years ago, but it was more clarity, it was more That's understanding. Good. So good, a so building upon. Do, do a personal vision retreat, mm-hmm. right? Take time to know you. That's how you mm-hmm. really become more and more effective in this life. Mm-hmm. They say the number one indicator of overall success is self-awareness. Scientifically, yeah. business will tell you. So that's not even necessary. We, we just kind of approach this from a biblical perspective. But even mm-hmm. from a business, absolutely corporate, scientific perspective, self-awareness. Self-awareness is, is the thing. And I think, if, if I'm honest with myself, a lot of times we don't want to take the time to do that. We talked a little bit about, you know, fearing going back and taking a look at what am I going to discover. 
and you know, it, and I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, when you sent the the questionnaire and, and you sent, sent mm -hmm. it to me, um, and I re replied, and then you just say, you need to do this, and there was part of me that got nervous. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to hear what people would say, and then, of course, then I'm like, why? Why, why do I fear a, not just hearing my strengths, but also recognizing, because there's strength in knowing your liability. Oh my gosh. You know? And oh, so it's now, so empowering. Yes. And it's okay. Yes. <laughs> so, here, here. so I had to like, well, because you're sitting here, I'm like reconciling my head. So it's so like, so I think I'm all things to all people. Like you don't, you know I mean? Like really, what's the big deal? Yeah. You know, why do we fear hearing and really uh, becoming aware of your liabilities? There's so much power in that. Here's a revelation for you as we wrap this session up. Most people, as they dive into the discovery process, one of the first things they discover is, is that they haven't dealt with everything in the area of personal healing yet. Because mm -hmm. what you just said a moment ago is that, you know, we, we don't want to mine this self-awareness piece because we're afraid of what we might find or, right. or we already know what we're going to have to look at when we get in there mm -hmm. and we're avoiding that. And so, again, it reminds us... I need to probably go back and fix this and get this reconciled so that I can really move forward. That's good. Uh, so the, I find people get sort of stuck in that process of personal healing and personal discovery there. Uh, and then they, it's, it's a bit of a cycle. But man, there's a way to come through that. That's good. And really, really, really good. win. It's good. And we will see you in the next episode where we're going to be talking about personal development. Until then, remember, enforcing purpose. It starts with you.